Hey everybody, Mitch Michaels here, and it is time, finally, for episode two of our three-part series, a podcast on the Mighty Ducks franchise, the immortal, the ridiculous, the absurd, it's the Mighty Ducks, and today's show, Nick Edmonds returns, my boy Nick Edmonds returns to talk about D2, the Mighty Ducks, District 5, fresh off of winning a Minnesota championship, and Peewee's Ghost of the Junior Goodwill Games. It's hard to believe for a lot of reasons. We're going to get into all of that and more. Got to say one thing. I did it. A couple mispronunciations. It's Wolf to Dennis Stanson, not Stanton. But I was just ready to go. I was geared up to talk about this Ducks team. We break down everything. All the new Ducks that came on. How Gordon Bombay came back from the minors to become a coach. All the absurdity in all of the games that followed. And what exactly were they doing? Was Gordon Bombay doing in Malibu and the team doing at USC? All that and more. It's the Mighty Ducks. The Quack Attack is back, Jack. Let's start the show. All right, we're back. Nick Edmonds, Mitch Michaels, Money Mitch Effect. And after a couple weeks, months even, it is time for the second installment of our Mighty Ducks podcast, D2 Today. The Mighty Ducks, Nick Edmonds. It's that time again. Thanks for rejoining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. You know, it took it took some time to digest that first movie. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot to take in, a lot to understand. So, I'm on to the second one. We're ready to back, and you know, it's going to be a lot again. It was maybe even more absurd than the first. I'm going <laughs> to go to absolutely more absurd than the first. So we've been planning this out when we're going to talk about it, and. The second movie coming out in 1994, the first one in 92. Uh, we'll get to the storyline plots from where they were from movie one to movie two. But I just want to point out a comment that you said, and I think it rings true. D2 is the height of the Mighty Ducks franchise, not just because it's the yeah. second of three. But this was the most popular this franchise ever got. And I can speak from my experience. You know, We're roughly the same age. One snuck up on a lot of people, and then it became a cult classic when you saw it. We were ready for two. Yeah. And they did not disappoint. I felt like D2 had everything. It had more characters, funnier moments, just more over the top. But you don't really realize it as a kid. You just kind of take it at face value and take it for what it is. But re- revisiting this movie as an adult, a lot of red flags, a lot of question marks, a lot to dig <laughs> into here. All right. Well, first thing I want to do, Nick, if you don't mind, is an in-memoriam of the ducks that didn't make it to the yes. second one. Yeah. So we do have to... Uh, we do have to address that at first. Uh, departures, people that didn't make the second movie that were in the first one. Tammy and Tommy Duncan didn't make it. Gone. But oh, figure man. skating is represented. Yeah, they kept the same <laughs> figure skating gimmick. Be like, oh, we told them hockey has a bigger future. Bombay just loves recruiting uh, those uh, figure skaters. Terry Hall, which I thought was interesting because his brother Jesse made the cut. You got to imagine that caused a riff in the family that Jesse makes the national team and Tyler just... You not know, even mentioned. Like not, not even, even like, mentioned. hey, my brother's in summer camp. Exactly. Just, or even you know, even Han, what is it, Han? Han's got a he got an explanation why he's gone, but not yeah. Tyler. <laughs> We're gonna get to that yeah. in a second. <laughs> Dave Carp and Peter Mark are the other two. Carp, we know. He was in heavyweights. Carp, yeah. Uh, really I, I, a, I can't see him making this team though, honestly. I like, was a big <laughs> Carp fan for sure. I felt like he was an underdog, you know, brought a lot of humor, but this movie and this team were more serious, and he, he just couldn't make it. I think Mark, I mean, I'm pretty sure he went to prison or juvie after this. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he had, you know, he showed the signs of, you know, a delinquent. 
All right, so just a reminder, as we've done with the first movie, and we're really excited to talk about this, we're going to be going through the movie as it happens. We're going to break down each scene, talk about the absurdity, just what it meant and, and what happened. But uh, uh, an initial note here, the movie starts with Gordon Bombay because it is all about him, Emilio Estevez. This, he is the Duck franchise for all the, the kids and, and youth hockey players that are in all these movies. It's all about him. A lot of people, you know, great feedback. If you want to go back into our archives, episode 98 was when we did the first Mighty Ducks podcast uh, of the first movie. And a lot of people were torn. You know, they liked the movie, but they're not sure, Nick, is he a molder of young men and women or is he just a creep that, you know, hooks up with moms and just gets drunk and just is in it for himself. It's, it's a tough debate. No one knows what his moral compass really is. There's no doubt he started the first movie as a creep. And by the end of the first one, he's a good guy. And then... So it was really up to the second one to kind of define who he would be, you know, for the rest of the franchise. And he definitely showed signs of regression, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but at least to start, you know, he's right where we left him. He's on a promising path in the NHL minors. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned in the first one that the ending doesn't make any sense. No. How he just leaves because Basil McRae recognized him yeah. for Pee Wee Hockey uh, and says, hey, I'll give you a tryout if you ever have a chance. Okay, so let's fast forward. I mean, he, at least he made the... He's 29 years old in the movie. Yeah, hard to believe. And not only did he get a tryout, but he is tearing it up in the minor leagues. Yeah, really making the most of that that tryout. Okay, first of all, they're playing in a rink that... I don't know what the AHL, how much it's grown in the last 20 years, but there's no one in the stands directly. I think the Ducks drew a better crowd for the they Hawks did. game. Yeah, there's probably about 40 people tops in the crowd. Uh, it doesn't look fast, but you know, camera can always slow things down. Uh, but he's he's just dealing out there, and then all, all by himself, unassisted all, goal, unassisted goal. His teammates love him. He's playing minor league hockey, and uh, then he gets injured on a pretty routine hit. I'm not gonna lie; like it doesn't look that bad at all. Yeah, <laughs> and Bombay to, goes down, and that's it. His career. They tried to slow it down like it was like a really dramatic hit. It seemed like a pretty run of the mill check, you know, along the boards. And Bombay looked like he was shot. <laughs> I did. I think, yeah, it was. A, he went full Abraham Lincoln mode yeah, with his cell job there. Very dramatic. All right, first ridiculous thing here. He gets injured, immediately disassociates with the team. Yeah. And what sports league do you just go home? Like, he's on a bus, and he's going home. Like, their training staff was just done with him, apparently. Yeah, checked out, no rehab, no training plan. It just, you know, you got hurt in this one game. They might have not even diagnosed it. Bombay was just like, I'm done, guys, you know. It's not what I planned. I expected a clean ride to the pros. This wasn't in. So Bombay gets off the bus back to Minneapolis, um, which, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen. And he gets picked up by, spoiler, not not Hans, but his brother Franz. Just randomly, Hans had a brother the whole time. No, it was Jans. Jans, excuse Jans, me, Jans. Yeah. Franz, I'm thinking of all that. Hans and Franz, that's yeah. So uh, he gets picked up. Now, here's my theory with this. Jan picks him up. And he doesn't... They don't mention him at all in the first movie. In movies like this, there's a couple different ways you can do to explain plot fills. You can just ignore it. You can say one ridiculous thing and move on. Or you can do what Jan did and mention like five or six different variables. Like he calls him a strudel head. He talks about how Hans went back to go see his mother. How old are these guys? (laughs) (laughs) Their mothers are still alive? (laughs) I didn't even think that. How old is the mother? Like what is going on here? And and he's just working at the shop like he's been there the whole time. And they just didn't have the camera on him. 
Yeah. So, I think if you go back in the deleted scenes DVD of the first one, they show all the times where Jan is in the background <laughs> sharpening like skates. He's there the whole time. Like, he runs the shop. Doing inventory in the background of the shop. Incredible. But he's picks him back up. A, a dejected Bombay is now sleeping at the shop. It's a big fall from grace. He was on top of the minor league world. And he now didn't have a backup plan. No he, backup yeah, plan. He just crawled with his duck tail between his legs. Now, here's the thing. Honestly, would you have... Are you okay with the explanation or would you rather just been like oh it's a new actor I'm Hans exactly I would have you know whatever that's fine I don't even remember what the first Hans looked <laughs> exactly. like it's close enough not a deal breaker I and don't need like this f- new storyline that he has a twin brother like, I, would they, are they yes. twins I don't even remember yeah. like I don't I, yeah. and the fact that Hans comes back for the third one is just even more ridiculous but we'll move on and talk about the return of Charlie Charlie wakes up Gordon He's working in the skate shop now. And uh, it's important to note that these players, peewees to either second-year peewees or bantams, so they're starting to hit puberty, get a little older. Charlie's mom's already been remarried. I was about to say, speaking of departures, I don't think we see Mrs. Conway once in Not this movie. Not in the movie. Now, I want to just bring, <laughs> just want to bring up another thing. One year. So it's been exactly one year since he led the Ducks to the state, to the peewee city championship. She's already married. Already married. <laughs> there's been a courtship. There's been engagement. There's been save the dates. He said, There's been a marriage. It takes All two years it. for people to get married with an engagement yeah. most of the time. I think she did it to spite Gordon, to be completely honest. He says, honest. I should have kept in touch more with yes, his line. Yes, exactly. How I, about it all? How about kept in touch yeah. at all? <laughs> I really think that Gordon messed with Mrs. Conway's heart, emotions, mind, and she was, you know, to get over him, she rushed into a relationship. <laughs> married quickly just to, just to spite Gordon. Oh, I, I don't understand that at all, but okay. we got to get to the point where he doesn't know what he wants to do, Gordon Bombay. He's he's thinking. He's like, I, you know, my career is done. He he's a self-diagnosed to, injury man, apparently, because yeah, right. it takes you two days to get, an, to get a solid MRI. He already knows his hockey career heavy is over. Limp, heavy limp in the shop. So he doesn't know what to do. He's already said, you know, you can't make a living coaching. He doesn't want to go back to Ducksworth, which... It was odd that yeah, it's even brought that out because apparently you can go back to him after how it ended badly right, in yeah. the first movie. Uh, but then a call from Grace, an angel, out of the sky appears. Mr. Tibbles. Out of nowhere. Just shows up, the rep for Hendricks Hockey, and says, I want you to coach Team USA in the Junior Goodwill Games. Because your creepy old friend said, I recommend you. Like, this how does this happen? no sense at all. And it's literally less than, like, five minutes into the movie. It's, hey, Gordon, I know you coached one year of eight-year-old hockey in suburban Minnesota. And I know you played a couple games of uh, minor league hockey. And this random skate shop owner suggested you to me. How did he even get in touch with him? It makes no sense at all. And the fact that a major hockey company is just throwing cat already just flamboyantly flossing money, just saying we're gonna just pay you whatever you want yeah. to coach. Mr. Tibbles is extremely confident in Bombay. I mean, just never met him. He just t- gives him a good look, says he looks good, and you know, he wants him. Um, it's okay. He thinks about it. He's not sure. And then you know he's like, okay, sure. You know, Emilio Estevez as Gordon Bombay, great in just the slow play. Just I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm thinking, okay, I'll do it. And then he dives right in with the duck whistle, and he says, hey, I'm going to coach Team USA. Rather than get the best kids in the country, I'm going to get my Pee Wee Rec team that couldn't skate when I picked them up last year. Also makes no sense. Can't believe that Mr. Tills would sign off on this. It's insulting to the top players around the country that they don't even get a shot. They're just going to bring in these guys who could barely skate a year ago, won a couple games, I'll give them that, 
representing our, our great nation. So Bombay enlists in Charlie Conway to blow the duck whistle and get all of his boys. You know, he finds Jesse Hall playing, you know, street hockey, Terry again, R.I.P. Yeah. We don't know if he actually died, but we don't know where he is. No he, mention he, of him. he hung up the skates. He hung up the skates. They pick up Averman, who uh, is uh, just galloping movie. They're selling movie tickets, yeah. taking tickets at a movie theater in the mall. Again, they're skating through the mall. How about it, the ducks terrorizing a mall again? They've they been, so no if they've been doing this for a year, how has nobody caught on on this, right? Like, they're clearly bandits at this point. Yeah, they're very rebels, but not rebellious enough to not wear helmets and elbow pads. I do want to yeah, say, we, draw the line there. we didn't give Averman enough credit last movie. Really big leap comedically for him. Yes, definitely. I think he's a center. I've seen him do a few face-offs and just get destroyed in, in the second movie. Um, as far as scoring, I'm not really sure what he brings to the table. Yeah, oh, he's a liability out there. But they needed a void for comedic purposes, and uh, he's back in it. So they pick up Averman, and they go get Connie and, and Guy Germain. Now, oh, they were a little hot and heavy in the first movie, yeah. which they're about to kiss, and then they you know, they blow the whistle and break it up, and he says, I was this close. I thought they already did kiss. I don't know. What did he lose? A couple, lose some ground over the summer? I don't really know. Exactly. And they, <laughs> since he was this close, they've been together at least a year. If the movie works. How about when they dump the random worker into concrete, you know, rollerblading through? They're lucky they didn't get arrested and or beaten up. This team, they're menaces to society. There's no other way to put it. So Goldberg's parents own a deli, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's a Philly guy, which I didn't quite understand until he's wearing the Flyers gear and says right. thing that he's from originally from Philly. So they have a deli. They get Goldberg. You know, they're skating around. And uh, they get Banks. Now, I do want to – this this is a big point for me. Adam Banks – the Hawks player that turned into a duck because of where he lived. and they, It took him a while, but they embraced him. He was the star of the team, most yeah. skilled guy. He is practicing roller hockey in his driveway. He is a carbon copy of the stereotypical rich Minnesota kid. He's roller hockeying in a polo shirt, <laughs> in a yellow polo dress, basically, that goes down to his knees, just slow stick handling. They really wanted to hammer home that this kid is rich and the rest of the ducks are poor. Yeah, yeah, he's on the other side of the tracks. He's wearing the polo, the collared shirt. You know, I'm sure he's got the best gear. Uh, they really wanted to just nail home that stereotype. I'm pretty him. sure there's a nice car in the driveway. They oh, just, yeah. you know. Um, so then, you know, there, there's some more chicanery going on, and a couple ex Hawks players. First time and only time we see them in the movie. Yeah, are, are they the same guys? Yes, I recognize they are. at least one of them. At least one, the one that pantomimed the gun yeah, at the North the, Stars the one, game. Yeah, the real crazy. You know, his voice got a little deep. He hit puberty. <laughs> He's ready to just snap and take out the ducks. Uh, <laughs> but Fulton Reed says no, and that's when they pick up Fulton and you realize he's back in the yeah. movie. And he basically takes out all three and ties them up shirtless. And I don't think the hazing community would appreciate this in 2017. But. And just logistically, how did he do that? How did he tie them all up? All hold still. Time. Yeah, like, everyone hold still while I do this. Um, but then, you know, that's the team. So, Or that's half the team. Because obviously it's not enough for a full team. Like, sure. I don't, but Bombay meets him. He's still got his sick Ducks jacket, though. Gotta gotta respect yeah, that. Yeah, you're not, you're not throwing that away. Conway brings the team. They all roller skate back. And uh, I don't know if that's the restaurant where his mom used to work at or does work at. Or I don't know what's going on. If Bombay, oh, yeah. He's just trying to, you know, spite them and the future husband. Like, I've still got your kids yeah. love. Okay. <laughs> Purposely <laughs> meets has a team meeting outside the restaurant. Let's get Charlie to call him yeah. dad, you know. Uh, okay, but Hendrix comes in, and this was where, you know, Mitch Michaels, Money Mitch Effect, Nick Edmonds, Mighty Ducks D2 podcast. This is when Tibbles comes in in his Hendrix limo, 
and gets Bombay to sign the contract that apparently is worth a lot of money. Like yeah. the way Bombay looks at it, and he just was on a minor league salary, which you figure back then you're you're looking at at least seventy grand to play hockey. So this is more than that. So we're going to say at least six figures to coach the Junior Goodwill Games, a two-week yeah. tournament. That's it. And, you know, for being a lawyer, or at least a former lawyer, Bombay really just grazes over this this contract. Does not really read any fine print. He true. saw the number and is like, or do you got I don't care what I do. I don't yeah. care what I have to do. Um, all right. So then they go. Now, we don't know where training camp is. I this is this is what got me with the movie because when they go to the Goodwill Games, they fly into LA. You see the airplane going, mm-hmm. but they never say where training camp is, where they get to meet the new kids on the team. So we'll have to just wonder if it's in Minnesota, is it somewhere else? Right. What's going on? But there's new kids on the team, and these are the new ducks. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, all these ducks make it to the third movie, so we should get to know who they are. Luis Mendoza, Miami, Florida, fastest skater, probably fastest kid in the country, makes the national team, but he can't freaking stop. These are the <laughs> He can't stop. I just want to. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> the best players in the country and pretty major flaw, to, you know, to make this team. You better be the fastest by a long shot if you can't stop. Yeah, not like, you know, he's a little weak on the power play, like he's, he's yeah. he, he could be a little stronger. No, he just flat out can't stop. And it's not even close. I just want to point that out. Yeah. Like he, it's Kenny not even close. He runs into the boards. We have Cowboy Dwayne Hopalong Gretzky. What was his last name? Robertson, I think. I, can't remember I think name. it's Dwayne Robertson. Yeah. Dwayne from um, Austin, Texas. Who Tibbles thinks is the best stick handler he's ever seen. Ever. ever. Not yeah. Gretzky, yeah. not Lemieux, not you know Bobby Orr. It's this guy. All right. If you say so, Tibbles. Um, but I do think, I just want to point out one thing about Robertson. I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk about it. I think they got this part of the movie right with him. When he would be the guy that would stick handle and just not pass and have his head down, he got rocked a couple times. Mm-hmm. That's what would happen. That would be a flaw that would keep a guy with unbelievable stick handling from being great and looking bad at times. So I think that part is a little more accurate than most. And again, you know, he's supposed to be the best players in the country, and they all have just like glaring flaws in mm-hmm. their game. Julie the Cat Gaffney, goalie from Maine. Now she's a female goalie, and I don't want to knock. You know, I don't want to knock female hockey players. So I'll knock male hockey players. Think about if you're a goalie at this time frame, and the two goalies are Julie the Cat Gaffney and freaking Goldberg. The best mean, we have to offer. At least, at least Gaffney, they said like she won her championship in Maine like multiple years, all that, and she still somehow can't beat out Goldberg, who like barely wanted to play goalie, didn't really know how to play goalie, and now Bombay still is keeping him in over over Gaffney, so. I don't know how they're deciding their goalies here. <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. And then the last player, Dean Portman. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We got one more. Kenny Wu and then Dean Portman. But Kenny, Kenny Wu. Kenny Wu. Kenny Wu, who was an Olympian, apparently an Olympian figure skater, but still an amateur, didn't take any endorsement money, is able to play in this game. He's about five foot even, maybe. Yeah, if that. If that. He's, you know, Bombay loves his figure skaters. He, he pirouettes out there. He can move. All right, we'll get to him a little later in the show, but again, it's an odd choice, right? Again, this is like supposed to be the best players in the country. I know I keep saying it, but just over and over, this movie just refuses to bring in top talent. And you got a guy who's barely <laughs> held a stick in his hands. You know. So Dean Portman is the last guy on this team, and I just want to take a minute to describe how stereotypical, roided out this guy is. Cut off jersey, yep. headband. Lights up like six players immediately when his he gets on the ice. Yeah, his teammates. Freaks out everybody. 
But Tibbles is like, it's hormones and you need goons. You need goons on Team USA. Yeah. We're not picking the best players now. We're trying to win a championship. So uh, he's the guy. The Ducks are, the the current Ducks are mad at the new Ducks. They know they get in each other's faces. Bombay kicks Tibbles off the rink and takes his whistle. And then he blows out of that exact same whistle to start practice. Just thought I, I, it's Bombay is an interesting cat. I love I love how Fulton was like, "Who the hell's this guy?" Like I'm supposed to be immediately threatened. Yeah, yeah, right. Immediately threatened, just like uh, Jermaine was threatened when uh, Connie said, "Go look at Skater." About yes, the second ago. Yeah. So something there, something there to think about. All right, next. Can you imagine if they broke up after a year of dating without even kissing? I, I don't <laughs> know if Dee would recover from that. Uh, yeah, they have a so from this point they have a pickup game, and the current Ducks get pretty pretty worked. They haven't been training. You know, Averman admits that they haven't been training. And the game ends when Fulton takes a slap shot and it hits Tibbles in the head. Ricochets, like, off of, like, five different things. Yeah. And eventually still destroys Tibbles. Who has has time to talk and, like, you know, (laughs) react to it. But that's when we meet Miss McKay. And this was an interesting character choice. There's a female lead, the academic professor, or I should say tutor, so to speak, to make sure that the Ducks are, you know, well, right academically when they're in the Goodwill games because they're going to miss a lot of school. And immediately we know what's up. It's another target for Gordon Bombay. Sure. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's really the, the reason she's in the movie. It really is. And I, I do want to say, you know, we have the Ducks take a, take a Zamboni also and just destroy boards and, and run on the yeah, ice. I'm telling you, they're menaces. They're completely reckless. All right, Nick Edmonds, i got to ask you this question because we're to the point where the Ducks have to start working together. Gordon Bombay is coaching the best hockey team in the country, and he has them first drill in red and blue jerseys, tied up on the ice with a rope. This is textbook <laughs> Bombay. Day one, just straight into the unorthodox training methods. Uh, we had, what in the first one we had the eggs, we had footballs, yeah, footballs. This one just right into tie Goldberg up to the net. Yeah, yeah, like this guy just taking you know writing his own practice book. I mean, I guess it eventually works, but... If you go your own direction, you fall, is the lesson. Another thing that could be taught through actual drills, yeah. <laughs> through actual right. hockey, and when they're all on the ground, he's like, I'm not going to untie you. To You know how easy it would be to slip out if you're in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's the one thing I don't get either. But they work, they get together, and uh, they basically just do that, and then he's like, that's great, good practice, yeah, let's have fun. <laughs> Give us a rope to the cowboy and let them try to cattle people. They're dancing on the ice. They have games coming up against the best that other countries have. They're dancing. It's a good time. Yeah, it's it's very unorthodox and just very preposterous. I it, whatever works, right? You know, Bombay. Do like the warm up outfit. He's Team USA's Gordon Bombay now. This is a full time job. Um, he's got to dress good and look good. And uh, then they get a Wheaties box. A Wheaties box. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is like this movie has the pace of like a dream. This is all like Bombay's dream or something, and it's just as absurd as a dream. Like you, you had one practice. We had one box. practice. You just made. How do they know who everybody exactly, is? Exactly, exactly. They haven't had any press coverage, anything. And I mean, I guess shout out to Tibbles. You know, like Tibbles works in magic. Here. Yeah, Charlie. I gotta say something about Charlie. I was not really impressed with him throughout the entire movie, uh, and here's one reason why. Just a little pot shot that I think a lot of people missed. He looks at the USA jerseys and says, "Oh, they have Hendricks on them. Can't we have Ducks colors?" Stars and Stripes, buddy. Like, you're representing Honestly. Team USA. Like, what? are you a child? I mean, like, he is, but come he on. Grow up. Like, <laughs> like, leave it to Charlie to, like, find something to be emo about. Yeah. Like, Charlie. Like, He's kind of got people, issues because of his mom. Like, yes, we all know that. Absolutely. 
like people would kill to be on Team USA <laughs> to represent your country, and you're being that's a little because, baby wanting to be your last year's team. That's a great point. I didn't realize Charlie is total emo, but if you think totally emo, but you think about it, he is. Oh, he is. He's always brooding in both movies. In the third movie too. Yeah, he's just just that's his thing. Immature. That's Charlie's movie. No hockey game at all. Just like always, just emotional. Okay, so they're talking about how they have to go to school, and they talk about what the Goodwill Games mean, you know, a lot of stuff that just moves the movie along. I mean, we don't really need those scenes, but they can't just go total ridiculousness. And that's when they arrive in Los Angeles for the Goodwill Games. Now, I mentioned how this movie doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Geographically is another thing, too. So they're at the Goodwill Games. They're at the Coliseum. That's where we're going. Shout the Coliseum. You're an L.A. guy. You know what it's like. And... I just want to explain this now before we get into the actual tournament. So they're playing games all over Los Angeles. The coach is going to stay. We're going to find out in another part of the town. They're at the Coliseum. I don't... (laughs) The Olympics does not make people travel across L.A. They'll just section it off. But they're at the Coliseum. But look, you got the video up. This isn't the Coliseum. What rig are they at? They're indoors now. Like They just have to have that aerial shot of the Coliseum. The Coliseum is clearly an outdoor stadium. You can tell in the aerial shot. And then they just... Okay, I want to talk about the first game, and I had to. Cons- I got to get ready to talk about this game. First, want to shout to Bob Miller, voice of the Kings for all those years. We sure. actually see him on camera this movie. We do. Uh, he's calling all the games of the tournament. Their first tournament, their first game in the World Junior Goodwill Games is against Trinidad and Tobago. Didn't even know they had a hockey team. They don't. <laughs> they don't. For anybody out there, they do not have a hockey team. And if they did have a hockey time, a hockey team, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have tie-dye jerseys. The tie-dye jerseys and like they're dancing. Like it's it's really <laughs> so. The USA is killing them, like beating them down mercilessly, like six, seven, eight. Now, yeah, you gotta imagine like Trinidad is like a 16 seed or whatever. <laughs> as high as the seeds go. So we get introduced to Russ, Ty- Russ Thompson. Tyler, yeah, why did Russ, I say Ty- Russ Tyler? Tyler, Tyler yeah. I think so, right? Um, what is that? Keenan Thompson plays Keenan Russ Thompson, Tyler. That's what is that? Who all we know at this point is he's just a little troublemaker, yeah, chirping team. Trash talker. Yeah, you know, troll, troll. You know, getting close to the bench, penalty box, making fun of everybody. So at this point, we get introduced to the Bash Brothers, who go around just basically lighting people up. Yeah. They're friends now. Both they're friends. We, we missed that scene. They had to cut yeah. it out for time constraints. They go on the ice. They're high-fiving. They're basically just laying guys out. A lot of penalties. A lot of penalties here. Yeah. And you hit someone without the puck. Offense. It makes no sense. <laughs> just two on one. The nice little move of give someone the puck and hit him. Bombay is pumping his fist like, yeah, that's it. Do what I taught yeah, you. Yeah. Bombay loves it. Apparently. You know, anything unorthodox. Bombay is all about it. Hendrix is all about it, too. And then Adam Banks is like worried that there's scouts in the stands. You know, you're on team, team Junior Goodwill Games. There's probably going to be scouts in the stands. Right. Um, he has a bad shift, the turnover. Leads to a Trinidad and Tobago goal. They're down 8 to nothing, And, man, the celebration is on. I mean, God bless the Trinidad and Tobago team. They're just happy to be here. Yeah. Good job, dance man. Going. We got, got the band. We got the bongos. Yeah. <laughs> that is a party. The dance on the ice. Everybody's just, oh, the man. tie jerseys. It's just great. They were on the cover of the movie, by the way. Cover of the movie is a face-off. Team USA really? and Trinidad and Tobago. And they're, both, and they're both blowing bubblegum. And it's like touching. No it's very kidding. weird. But a little trivia. USA wins 9-2. to two and This movie loves, or this franchise loves, newspaper transitions. They really <laughs> like the newspaper headlines. <laughs> Wipes. Wipes the movie. Oh, <laughs> so good. They do a press conference at... 
Coliseum again. They're back at the Coliseum. Yeah, this outdoors. is like huge international news, apparently. The so tournament. They've driven from there. CNN was there. It's, it's CNN, yeah. It's a park commute. It's, yeah, exactly. This is the big story. we got Anderson Cooper on at 9, but first, the yeah, good right. game hockey first. tournament. All the newspapers. Um, so Bombay is answering questions, and he's a little arrogant. You know, he talks about they're going to win. But, you know, I know Gordon. You know Gordon, too. We've seen him much worse. I think I don't think this is that bad. This is okay. Team exactly. USA pride. He's feeling good. D is feeling good. Or Team USA, and we're going all the way. He's doing a little wrong. Nothing that I don't think a lot of people haven't said before, but that's when we get introduced to Iceland. Team Iceland. Team Iceland. Who crashes the press conference like it's freaking WWE. Exactly. They just come in, they bring their own mic, and then crash yeah, Bombay's. They yeah. do. Now, you mentioned something about their team colors, I think is a great point. So, yes, Iceland <laughs> comes in rocking all black, extremely villainous, and at first I was like, weren't the Hawks also black? Like, it's pretty heavy-handed to be like, okay, we get it. The team in all black are the bad guys. But then I was like, but this movie, it's all about national teams. And so I did a quick Google search. Iceland's flag is not black. <laughs> it's also red, white, and blue. It's kind of like a red, white, and blue, like Denmark flag with a cross. So very unfair of you know this movie to portray Iceland as the all-black villains. I'm sure this movie did horrible things to Iceland's tourism. You know, tourism exactly. It, it, exactly. People stopped going. Well, the, when they played in the third movie, the varsity team is black, too. Yeah. I think they just recycled the jerseys, the cut costs so. or something. Yeah. Put a new logo. So they're coached by Wolf the Dennis Stanton, who says Team USA is going down. That's where they're going. And apparently this guy had a one-year NHL career, punched out his own coach. They call him the Dennis because he took teeth from other players. Yeah. Not the biggest guy. Threw me off by his size, but you know he's out for blood. And, he's intimidating. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's intimidating. Uh, so that's where we're introduced to them. It is very intense. Bombay's got to go talk to CNN, and that's when we meet where Bombay's going to be staying. Because I just want to reset here, Money Mitch Effect, Nick Edmonds, Mitch Michaels, we're going to talk, we're talking about Mighty Ducks D2, the second of our three-part installment, recapping one of the most interesting movie series of our childhood. And in the second one, they're playing in the Goodwill Games out in Los Angeles. They played one game, they beat Trinidad and Tobago. The players are in the dorms. They got to, you know, they got to stay in standard student housing at USC. Bombay's not student housing at USC. No. He's not anywhere near USC. He's got a Malibu beach house. Courtesy of Hendricks. Courtesy of Hendricks. Where are they getting this money? He's right out on the water. Yeah, Beachside Malibu house, just bachelor pad for Bombay. I think this is the moment where he says, screw the kids, screw the team, screw yeah, my morals. I don't know particulars, but I know Bombay. The second he saw that oceanfront view. Jackpot. Yeah, just a little taste. <laughs> oh, man. So they play some pranks in the dorm, you know, the little shaving cream. Yeah, trick. kids will be kids. It's a lot of shaving cream. Uh, I think Dwayne might have a sleeping problem if he's not waking up right. after, like, the second <laughs> shaving cream to the face. I do like the fact that we get to see, again, Fulton and Portman are, are really good friends, you know. They're really embracing yeah. it. They're roommates. Um, they got their own room, which is a good thing. Then Bombay meets the Iceland oh, chick. Oh, <laughs> Iceland chick. What is she, the Gorgeous. Trainer? Gorgeous. God. Here's where I side with Bombay in one regard, right? Like, wh- what are you not? What are you gonna do? Not stop? Yeah. And and talk? Like, I mean, the kids are becoming teenagers at this point. Like, they, they're. I'm sure they're attracted to the girls at this point. They've got to understand. Like, it's not like he's, you know, meeting with the head coach. He's just trying to get, you know, a little Iceland side action. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what he's trying to do. And I gotta say, just as a as a connoisseur of him and his technique and picking up women, what he did with Charlie's mom last movie, 
his lines here are just more ridiculous where he stops and goes who are you <laughs> like who yeah, exactly are you yeah. just gets get to the you point. know who I am who yeah I work for Iceland Wolf the dentist sees it and gets immediately threatened yeah yeah I'm sure he's been trying to get with this trainer for a long time and Bombay just strolls in throws the charm so they play Italy next and Goldberg has a good game, but Italy immediately... Too, not, these aren't... I mean, Italy is more good. realistic, but they're yeah. still not... It, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been turned into Bago, but it's not, yeah, it's still not great. No mention of Canada in this whole movie. No, no. Sweden, I didn't see either. Not the, Finland, you know, okay. But Goldberg insults some Italians with some pretty mean chirps about it. Generic yeah. Italian chirps. Offensive, you know? yeah. I think a few meatballs in there. And they went 11 to nothing. Yeah, Italy didn't put up as big of a fight as no, the tie-dye yeah. jerseys. So these Trinidad scored. Jeez. Um, so at this point, Bombay is big time. Bombay is on cloud nine. Photo shoot time, which <laughs> apparently they do for youth coaches. Yeah, youth hockey coaches. This guy is just peak celebrity. They got suits. They got you know Hendrix is having a party at his place at his Malibu beach house. Yeah. And when I say party, I don't mean hockey moms and dads with a couple pizzas and some <laughs> six packs. You know, maybe some IPAs. Yeah, no. This isn't a banquet. We're talking Luke Robitaille, Chris Chelius, Christy Yamaguchi, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is there. Like, Greg Luganis. Greg Luganis is in the movie. Like, let's get everybody. Let's just this get a high five of athletes yeah. that live in L.A. and see if they can make a cameo. And the best part about this, Nick, Bombay is trying to sell Kareem on a sneaker the entire party. Yeah. yeah. For kids that want to coach. Air the Bombay. Air, the Air Bombay loafer for kids who want to coach. This is like a dream. This is Bombay's dream. I'm exactly. going to coach. I'm going to sell shoes. About, who would buy a coaching shoe? I think I think Bombay got knocked out on the ice on his very first play. <laughs> minor league hockey. <laughs> like, he was not up for the task. So the kids end up on Rodeo Drive unsupervised, which I don't know how this works. Yeah. No adult in the picture. They, they stumble to Rodeo Drive and you know, talk their way into some stores. and They're a little older now. You know, they can, they can walk around. The, the, the thing that threw me off on this was the high level of security of, uh, like, retail stores on Rodeo Drive with, like, locked doors, security cameras, buzzers. <laughs> weird. Like, Very weird. Yeah, I wouldn't let them in. I, don't, I didn't realize that that's how it works. I mean, we I've been around there, and I don't maybe it's changed a little bit. It but. was a weird scene that doesn't really advance the movie at all. No, like, couldn't they have done another prank, like, on the USC campus, or... Yeah, like, do something, I don't know, do something to advance the story, or at least... If they're just going to do a prank, yeah, yeah, just do something funnier. Uh, Julie the Cat Gaffney speaks to Bombay, who's still trying to sell a sneaker over the phone, yeah. and wants to play. He says Goldberg's riding a hot streak. I don't know how hot you have to be to win 11 nothing in 9-2 over the weakest yeah, right. opponent. If anything, this is just bad coaching. You play her in one of those bad games early, yeah, and just some, see what you have. Give her some playing time. Uh, it's bad coaching. Bad he's, coaching. He's not thinking about the team. He says soon enough the whole world will know what you're doing. What else do. is she in, by the way? She looks a lot like Natalie Portman. She looks very familiar. We can we can look her up. I'm, I know I've seen her as well. She's been in... Uh, what was she in? Let's see. She was in... Next Food Network start? No. She's no, 40 years old now. Crazy how old everyone is. Jenny Columbus? Men in Black 2. No, I don't... Rookie of the Year. Maybe that's what she recognized her as. She's the girl, lead interest. Oh, the, the cute girl. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Not that hot. She's smoking. <laughs> Milk's doing that pretty good. <laughs> she just makes her living in ridiculous movies. That's crazy. You know how many kids in the Chicago area, probably anywhere on a sidebar, oh, try to get injured so they can pitch the yeah, right. an hour? 
Um, that's uh, crazy. I could have sworn she was in more stuff. Maybe I just think she looks like Natalie Portman. Maybe that's what it is. But Bombay is out eating ice cream with the Iceland chick. <laughs> Apparently, now I'm convinced, as dumb as he's appeared to be, this is an act. He's just acting dumb. Dude. This is a small talk. Yeah. Ask sure. what Iceland and Greenland is. He knows damn well what they are. Yeah. He just wants I'll give him to... the benefit of the doubt here. I'm more shocked at how upset the kids are. This is what I'm saying. And these are probably two of the older kids on the team, more mature. Why are they so shocked that Gordon Bombay wants to go have ice cream with a pretty girl? She's the, the she's Iceland the chick. But she's yeah, what is, she's not a coach. She's just, I don't think she knows the game plan. Whatever. I, but, but boys be boys. I don't think. You know, they're out too. So if we're talking about curfew, yeah, they're right. out too. Um, all right. Next part of this is the Iceland game. The first game in group play. And Bombay comes strutting into the locker room looking just like Pat Riley. Oh, my. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, I cracked up. Because this is not something I really remembered as a kid. He comes in basically trying to look like you said, Pat Riley. Or trying to look like Stanson. Like trying to look the part of like an elite coach, I guess, with the slick back hair and the suit. And they're playing Iceland in group play, and it's time for that game, the showdown. Three seconds into the game, Portman gets ejected. Three seconds. Can you I, believe that? Three seconds for inadvertent contact with the referee, which, look, a lot of ridiculousness in the movie. That happens. If you touch a referee, even if it's inadvertent, you could get tossed. So that could happen. Uh, he's pissed. They lose their toughness, and Iceland just rips Goldberg in this yeah, team. Yeah, they needed him. They needed the physical physical play. The whole thing about this movie, it's it, whenever USA plays Iceland, it's just car crash collisions. There's just guys running into each yes. other, bodies flailing everywhere. Tough game to officiate, I would imagine. There's no finesse. Yeah, it's all physical. Why don't they pull Goldberg? I, if they if they waited very, yeah. very long to pull Goldberg. I think they were down 4 nothing after the first. Portman is just destroying the locker room. Just destroying it. And here's here's a kicker. Jan sees one clip of TV of Bombay pointing and thinks he's lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why is the game on TV? What channel? In Minnesota. Yeah, what channel is this being broadcast on? The Junior P. I don't think USA he has team. the version of the '90s version of NFL of Center NHL Center Ice. Yeah, so right. Sports back. It's it's on TV. He's be on the O channel. Bodies are flying, flailing everywhere. Mendoza still can't stop. Just a chaotic game. He puts Wu out there to figure skate, and he gets completely lit up. All Gordon does is gimmicks. Gordon doesn't teach these guys any fundamentals. He goes to Kenny Wu and asks him to do like a little like spinaroonie dance move, pirouette from figure skating. Like he never once tells them to like do like a normal hockey. No, move. and that's a lot to critique him on. Fair, fair that he's not a great coach. I want to get to the speech and all the bound base speeches of the team a little later. I have another thought oh on that. Oh my god! But it's four nothing going into the second period, third period, I think. And that's when it just gets completely out of hand. When Iceland just pours it on, it's goal after goal. Dewey the Cat comes in, right? She comes in for Goldberg. They hit on her, which is generic Norwegian chirps, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a lady here. Sexes, yeah. She lays the two toughest guys out and gets ejected for intent to injure. That's an ejection. A little cross-check to two players. Okay, so she doesn't officially she log doesn't any minutes no. in this game. Goldberg comes back. Fulton takes a slap shot. The goalie makes a save and has the imprint of a puck on his hand. Which is kind of weird. Aren't most of the saves like happening in like the upper part? Of I the mean, I, yeah, I, whatever. I, this makes no sense to me. Um, I don't think there's a coach in real life or movie life history that handles adversity worse than Gordon Bombay. It's pretty brutal. The second they're down, he just gives up and just like makes the team feel like 
It's it's terrible. It, it's okay. Here, here's another thing that I'll say. Also, Banks, by the way, gets slashed after he scores his goal, messes Russ up. How's that? Not no ejection there. That's not an ejection. That's after the game. I mean, after the whistle. One of my just, favorite lines too. Two minutes, well worth it. Yeah. Great line. <laughs> Great line. Okay. Really hammering home that these guys are evil. Yeah, have to be evil. So they lose twelve to one as the final score, and Hendricks. Tibbles wants to cut him immediately. One loss and you're yeah, dead to me. Again, they can't handle adversity. You just be like, this is not what I signed you're up for. You're only good to me if you win. It's insane. Double elimination, I'm assuming. So if they lose one more game, they're yeah. out. Bombay gets in the locker room and rips the team a new one. And they say, you know, he's changed. He's not this nice guy. Look, you lost. Like, you're going to get ripped. Now, I'm all in the firm camp of he is not a good coach. But these players are pretty sensitive that they can't take what would happen at any level of sports. Football, if you lose 49 to nothing. Yeah, you're Coach is not going to be like, oh, it's all right, guys. Yeah, we'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But it might be a little excessive that he skates them immediately after the game in a very miracle-esque style move. He skates them immediately yes. after. Again. Again. And Charlie tries to, you know, play, you know, father's favorite son and to no avail. They just keep skating. This results in them sleeping. He did have a, a good line. They really cut deep. or just like, there was something along the lines of like, I thought hockey was supposed to be fun, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, who said that? And he's like, you did. Like when we were the Ducks. We're not the Ducks Yeah, anymore. we're not the Ducks anymore. You see Ducks on the jerseys? Yeah, so and clearly Gordon has let the, the spotlight get the best of him. So McKay calls a, uh, you know, an audible and cancels practice as the academic advisor. She's got power move. Power. She cancels practice because the kids are getting run into the ground. And just basically owns Bombay. I bet Gordon kind of likes it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he loves being run down. We saw that with <laughs> Mrs. Conway. Says you're endangering the kids. He says he wasn't. This is the same guy that drove a limo onto the ice yeah. that was drunk multiple times in the last movie. But whatever. Okay, so now we're getting to even more ridiculous. Just when you thought this movie could not get more extreme, Russ Tyler shows back up while they're practicing again at the Coliseum. Yeah. They're practicing on USC's football stadium. Just, yeah. Just getting a little stretch in. And says, you guys don't know real puck, let me show you. Yeah, time to take it to the streets. Time to take it to the streets. And they end up in, I'm assuming, somewhere in South Central LA based yeah, on USC's campus. From, yeah, in USC. And they're playing street hockey. Team USA got away from <laughs> those Ooh, unsupervised. They have a game later this day, by the way. They say, like, they're, they're stretching for their game later tonight, and now they're going to play a full-fledged street hockey game with a bunch of strangers. Bunch of strangers in, in a not safe environment that we wouldn't know. These are twelve year old kids. They're playing in South I mean, they're Central. wearing they're wearing blue tracksuits. Who knows? Can I just say there's people in this game wearing shoulder pads. Yeah. They're playing right. full contact roller hockey yeah. in shoulder pads. It's not a game out here. Uh, the point of it is of this is to learn toughness, is to learn to play through pain and play through whistles not being called. Uh, there's a, a really memorable scene where the puck goes and just totally destroys someone's windshield, which he's cool with it. Totally cool. Yeah, it's just, just like cool. Throws it right back, like hell you, hell you. Make yeah. sure I'll get your insurance info later. Just here you go. Give me the assist on this one. Um, Kenny Wu learns how to fight randomly, and we're introduced to the knuckle puck. Stick, gloves, Sticks, gloves, shirt. shirt. Which I'm sure a guy his size it would work yeah. just fine. Against those know, yeah, it's like he needs a little bit more than that, Kenny. And then. We're introduced to the knuckle puck. We were introduced to the knuckle puck. The funny moving shot that goes up and down, and uh, which you know. I feel like became iconic. You know, like people still it talk did. about the knuckle puck when you, you know kids playing roller hockey. You know, all was it that funny of a shot, or did the first camera guy just move? I feel like he just jerked the lens up and down. Oh yeah, it was, it's all camera work. 
But somehow this shot where he turns the puck on his edge and slaps it works. Gives so, goalies nightmares. Gives goalies nightmares. So USA returns to the dorm with new confidence, you know, by themselves. I don't even know how they got out there. None of them can drive anyway. Yeah. But they're back. But they're back. Bombay, next part of the movie, Money Mitch Effect, Nick Edmonds, Mighty Ducks D2 recap. And uh, next part of the movie is Bombay shows back up his Malibu Beach party. No girls left on the couch. They've since left. Yeah. And Jan's there. He's back. He found Bombay. He found exactly where he was. Said, this doesn't look like a place for a coach. Yeah. Which I don't really know what that means. But he says, uh, you look like a madman out there. You're not the same guy. You're not the Minnesota miracle man that I pitched to Hendricks Hockey. And that cut deep. Because yeah. these guys get through to him. And it leads all roads lead to the same iconic rehash scene of Bombay putting the blades on, the rollerblades this time, and skating up and down the boardwalk. <laughs> the roll, it does, just doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't have the same effect of Bombay putting on the skates and going back to pond hockey. <laughs> skating on the boardwalk. Yeah, skating like beachside. Just doesn't have the same effect. So Bombay, totally unreliable. Doesn't show up in the Germany <laughs> This guy, I feel like we give him so many chances to redeem himself and be a good coach. And now when the game is on the line, the tournament you lose is one on more, the you're line. done. Yeah, and you're just not going to show up to the game and you know, potentially risk a forfeit. So McKay, you know, I think it's the same ref, by the way, in this movie as in the first one. So he's just, they flew him out for the you know, package deal. So McKay pretends to be an actual coach. He's an academic advisor, I think, it plays. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to believe that to, to an extent. She fills in, doesn't know anything about hockey, has to have the players tell him how to change, tell her how to change lines. Change it up. And Bombay miraculously shows up in a tie game in the third period. Yeah. And acts like nothing exactly. happened. Exactly, tie game. If they're losing, he's not going to show up. No, not at no. all. He can't do adversity. So here's what Bombay does. Immediately kisses McKay on the cheek and says yeah, thank I you. Don't like that. Just alpha move right out of the I game. I don't like, like the kiss on the cheek. I thought like, that was inappropriate. This, I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but he shows back up. And then he basically says, I was wrong. Give me another chance. Yeah. Just demands to be The same speech I think he gave to Charlie's mom <laughs> when he said he wasn't yeah. going to leave, and then he did leave again at the end of the movie. And uh, People can't say no to this guy. Yes, <laughs> on the cheek, of course. So they're at a tough juncture in the game, and Jesse Hall has the puck behind the net, and Bombay is looking at him, and he's got you know, a dilemma on his mind. Now, this is like a scene where a, a player is like not sure if they should like do something serious, life-altering stuff, but it's just to do the flying V. Mm. That's how big this decision is, apparently, in the minds of Jesse Hall. Another gimmick, you know. No fundamentals on this team. They do it, the flying V. It works. By the way, Bob Miller said he'd never seen it before, and he called all the games in the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I love you, Bob, but, you know, I mean, we got to figure it out. So, they win the game. They beat Germany. They're still alive. They're, 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 their tournament run is still alive. And Bombay celebrates it by immediately, by immediately, again, outside of USC, again, we're back, outside the Coliseum, lighting a cardboard cutout of himself on fire. Yeah. I don't know what the uh, city limit, like the laws are, but that doesn't seem very safe. No, you, you can't do that. You need a permit, Gordon. I think you know that. Jan's here to stay, by the way. Just want to point that out. Yeah, closing the shop. Closing the shop. Close first time in 10 years yeah. they're closed, and his first duty and we can see where Gordon gets his ridiculous training methods from and practice methods. He wants yeah. to teach Mendoza how to stop. And he's not going to do it with just you know basic lessons of edge work and stuff. He's going to set up soda cans. About 30 of them, <laughs> it looks like. Looks like there's six rows up. and it's Yeah, more than 30. Yeah, I'll say more than 30. You know, he's rocking a sweater and some skates. And uh, 
Bombay has said he's going to change now. He's going to change everything. They're going to be lean, mean fighting machines. They're running on the treadmills. They're practicing. It seems like they're working out even harder than they were when they couldn't stay awake and the teacher's yeah, right. <laughs> but now he's not wearing a suit. Everything's okay. And also, did not officially move out of his Malibu house. I just want to point that out. Yeah, uh, let's not get crazy. Yeah, 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 I'm not leaving yeah, the bachelor yeah. pad. Daddy's got it. There's eat. no reason to you know, do too much. So they're working on practice. They're training. And... Big emotional scene in the movie. Bombay finds out that Banks has been hiding his injury. Hiding his injury. Takes him off the spot. This might be the first bit of good coaching that Bombay's done. Or at least showing that he like cares for anyone on the team other than like for his own benefit. True. And also, I mean, yeah, we don't know if that's it or if because, it's just if he's a liability out there. Yeah, well, that's the thing because Banks has been playing or at least practicing and he's been fine. And Gordon's like saying this could... You know, right? This is the, further injuries. This like, is okay, the one plot. About. This is the one plot line that separates him from the Bud Kilmer and Varsity Blues. Yeah. Like the one thing that separates them is Kilmer would be like, "Shoot that thing out, Banks! Put him, shoot that thing up and painkillers and get out there." Uh, but Bombay is a step, at least one step below him. Mendoza still can't stop. Russia upsets Iceland, and so suddenly they're even in the loss column. Yeah. USA beats Russia, and that's the point where Charlie says, I know we have a roster spot open. I got a friend I just met, Russ Tyler. I got a guy I just met. <laughs> All right, this I might be the most the ridiculous in the part nation. in the movie. Can it I, is. It really is. I need to gather myself here for this one. You've never even seen him play ice hockey. He's got a cool shot in pickup in South Central LA. Let's go. Hey, Come on. Lunch, probably. If you're a rec league hockey player in the country, how do you keep playing after this tournament? You don't. You, you, you hang him up. You know, you've been training your whole life trying to be on this team. You know, short life, but... And they just pull a guy off off the street. And Tyler, his shot works. It's moving. I, I, I just want to also point out how it, how ridiculous, how much time you have to have to stop on the blue line, set stop. the puck on its edge, <laughs> flip, it. flip it, and shoot it. <laughs> Iceland's coach is there. He can't believe it either. Tyler's a sensation. How do you get cleared even? I thought you have to set your rosters immediately when yeah, the tournament exactly. starts, but... Apparently, Bombay's dreams hold no... Uh, <laughs> this, if this was a dream sequence, this would make more sense. Like, yeah, what really happened was they just went away to high school, and one to three, it was a realistic, you know, thing, but no. Yeah, three was real. Yeah. They meet Wayne Gretzky. Big, big time. Wayne Gretzky wants to meet the team. Gretzky's the reason why there's all this hockey buzz in L.A. This sure. is Pete Gretzky time. You know, the Ducks and Sharks basically became teams because of what Gretzky meant to the Kings, so it's a good cameo to have. It is. Um, Wayne's there just you know wearing what, a suit. Two, two lines one line Wayne's fine yeah that's his line that's pretty much it that's yeah, all he needed that's all he the Dano needed one line too <laughs> you know. but then they're in the championship game they're in it they're going to play Iceland in a rematch of course last yeah. night of practice Money Mitch Fegg Nick Edmonds D2 podcast Mighty Ducks last night of practice Bombay in a sweater and some sweatpants backward North Star's hat. Everyone's on the ice. He's like, let's just have fun. I'm the cool we got coach a, again. We got, yeah, they called him Captain Blood before. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the cool coach again. You know what? We got a big game tomorrow. Let's just bring beach ball out, put put Tibble on the ice. He can't even skate. Yeah. See what happens. Like, coach, maybe we should watch film or something. Or, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love how they watch like five seconds of film and it's like, yeah. oh my God, he studies the competition now. <laughs> He's got a beach ball. So they got a beach ball on the ice. They're having fun. And then, and maybe the most dramatic scene in the movie. Yeah. Spotlight. We're talking West Side Story dramatic. Spotlight. Very well, well, well. Black so. uniform, black warm ups. Yeah. Beach ball rolls over. And then the slowest beach ball crush I've ever seen. This is a guy that knows what he's doing, right? He holds it, knows exactly where Very to pinpoint dramatic. it. Wolf the dentist it and said, It's time for us. Get off the ice. 
Show me, and then he's like, why don't you stick around? No, that's an about face. Why don't you stick around and play with me? Show me that triple deke that never made it to the majors. Which I just still don't get the triple deke. I mean, that can't be like that, like special of a move. People and if it's your only move, like, Jesus Christ, like, what are we doing? Like, oh, my God. Um, but Bombay says he's, your, says he's a disgrace and says, let's go. Three bar. Three bar. Have to take the puck out to the blue line. Now, look. <laughs> There's times in this movie where I have to just stop from from just completely losing my mind. There's different ways you can play pickup. They're going to play a game of three-bar full contact and sweats and warm-ups with no goalie. That's how they're going to decide who the head honcho is. If I'm playing three-bar against a guy I can't stand and we're not wearing pads and he's checking me, I'm just going to shoot it at his shin pads every time. (laughs) like, Like you could shoot the puck. There's no padding. And just basically injure him at all seconds. Just wind up and just shoot it right out. You know, Bombay's beating him, and we know what happens. Wolf to Dennis Stanton takes a cheap shot, injures him to the injured knee. But my whole thing is, if it's getting physical, you could just slash him right in the legs and yeah. have the same effect. But that's what happens. Bombay's going to win. Stanton takes a cheap shot, says get off the ice. The team holds him back. Yeah. They have to stare down. It's Lead- on. It's on. It's Leading so on. into the final game, which... Now is the time they're going to play out at the new Arrowhead Pond. Every other game has been some rec league in, in, uh, in at Toyota Park or wherever, in like Pasadena. But now we're going out to the new Arrowhead Pond, which opened right around the time of this movie. I think the Ducks were out there right around the same time. Um, and they're going to play at the Arrowhead Pond, the rematch against Iceland. Big drama before the game starts, though. Banks' wrist healed. Yeah, that's right. He's back. Most skilled guy on the team. What do Bombay you get, says my roster is full. Which, no, sorry. It's not full. You get to decide. You can say he can play. And, yeah. and any reasonable coach, not even a, not even an in-to-win-it Riley-type coach from the Hawks in the first movie, would say, look, look you've waited. Yeah, you're, you're ready to play. Yeah. we got to make a tough roster move. Player. I might decide to take off the kid that lives here that just was a late-minute addition. Yeah, no kidding. But Charlie says, no, take my spot. Take my spot take in my the Junior spot. Goodwill Games. Because yeah. he stinks. He knows it. Like, That's what like, makes the third movie even more ridiculous, yeah. by the way, is that he was able to just be the, one of the best players again. But he's going to say, I'd always make a better coach than yeah. player. You basically have to chop my legs off if I got a chance to play in the Junior Goodwill game. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> but, but no, Charlie's like, hey, I'm kind of emo like it's whatever. Nothing. Yeah, good for, good for Charlie. I like the scenic shot of the Arrowhead Pond with nobody in the parking lot <laughs> before yeah. the game. Right. That was a nice little touch. You know, we see Bob Miller on tape. We see the Ducks in the locker room. They're all out there. They're ready to go. He does a little like fly straight chant before, like it's similar to the you know the Friday Night Lights chant where he talks yeah, about yeah. that. You know, I thought it was a little precursor there. Same old story though. Iceland's all over him. Iceland is all over them. They're the bigger, more physical team. Averman had a quote in I don't know if it was this game or the first game where he said they're bigger, they're faster, they have more, they're bigger, stronger, faster, have more facial hair. Yeah. What are they feeding these kids in Iceland? You know, it's just it's a lot of controlled collisions. It's a lot of just. People getting lit up left and right. I don't know how there's as little penalties as there are. Every time Tyler's out there, Stanton yells shooter. Like he saw one goal and he's like, immediately that's yeah, the guy. Fulton's that's the nothing guy. anymore. He, Fulton can't even shoot anymore, apparently. No. And they're doing what a reasonable team would do, just roughing him up and not letting him get a shot off. So that was actually pretty good coaching. And then the game goes on and, and Iceland just takes a big lead. Yeah, it's off to a bad start for the Ducks. I think 4 0 after the first. Banks get slashed, but you know, no penalty because or no no injury because he had pad on. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been a crisis averted. One of the Iceland goals 
a player gets uh, one of the Iceland goals. There's a trip, and everybody just takes out Goldberg. I don't know how that was a goal. Yeah, like very weird how they're just like, letting everything the puck go. Goes in like two players going to the net. Goalie gets lit up, but yeah. it's a goal. You know these refs aren't. You know they're not NHL refs. So Iceland is all over them. But the Bash Brothers. <laughs> okay, look, the Bash Brothers take over the game and really change. It took the them momentum. a whole period to decide. Oh, we should start hitting people. Did you know that the clothesline move was legal in the, uh, the the little the old school WWF clothesline move? I where did. they're holding hands and lighting people up is a legal yeah, move. That's a high. That's a high clothesline. Headbutts out there. They get a goal. They egg everybody on. Bombay starts to lose it. A lot of penalties being taken. They get a goal. I think it's like four to one. Yeah. When you go into this at the end of the second period, but it's turning into a circus, including yeah. There's more gimmicks to be including. Happy. Maybe the most ridiculous thing to ever take place on a hockey rink. <laughs> Connie is about to get hit. We don't know if it's going to be dirty. We assume it's going to be dirty. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be boarding, I think. I think she's like, has her back turned, and the guy's just... And Dwayne Robertson sees it. Yeah. And also... The pro- chivalrous. The chivalrous gets his rope, which he had on the bench, which apparently he had on the bench. Oh, yeah. And just says, hey, I'm going to rope this guy. You never know when you're going to need it. Two yeah. minutes for roping. It was the penalty yeah, call on the strategy. Right. Guy Germain didn't hear a lot from him in this movie. Has to be very, very threatened. Definitely, very threatened. Yeah, Connie's kind of into it too. This is not going to bode well for the chemistry. That was a that was a power move by Dwayne. I think he knew it. So it's four to one at the end of the second period as we keep going on the Mighty Ducks D two podcast. And this is when Bombay really, you know, earns his paycheck in my opinion with Hendricks Hockey because the team's feeling pretty good because at least they're standing up to Iceland. They're not getting pushed around. Yeah. It's it's not great, but they're physical. And Bombay's like, did you enjoy that? Because they did, and they're up by three goals, and it's turning into a circus out there. And he said, do not lower yourself to that level. He mentions previous things, the injury, Stanton the other night, and says they're not goons, they're the United States of America. And then he does the famous speech where he goes around the room, asks everybody where they're from. Oh, they also do that Miracle? Miracle came out well after. Right. So, I don't but think they did a similar scene in the like, real, where from? Like, in the real... No, it was like, who do you play for? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. But I, Bombay did it first, though. Yeah, Bombay so did it he first. he did it first. So, it's a very good speech, and one that a lot of, you know, I, I think our nation should be watching it required. the events of Miracle happened first. They did. I don't so know what that... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what really happened there, but, I mean, obviously this is a dream, and this is his dream Exactly, speech. yeah. This Fever is dream Bombay. So, we get... A jersey change. Oh, such they a become team. the Ducks. They change jerseys in the middle of the game. Can you? Which do that? apparently in the movie they said there is no rule against it. I think there should be a rule against having team colors or country colors, but Iceland's breaking that rule. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There's no mention of USA. They're wearing the Anaheim Ducks official jerseys now. They basically are the Ducks. It was a little weird when they were playing, you know, blue versus black anyway. So what's the difference in this? Sure. Um, but it's a jersey change, and it's all the more ridiculous to think. So they immediately come out and get a goal. The jersey gets the crowd into it. They're ready to go. They're ready to just go as 4-2. The big ducks fly together speech really did it. It did. Iceland gets a goal. Now, Iceland gets a goal to make it 5-2, and that's when if you're a, a reasonable sports fan, well, you're also probably not watching this movie, but you're also <laughs> thinking 5-2 might be tough to overcome the third period. But not Bombay and not these ducks. They get right back into the game with some unbelievable goal scoring. And I want to make sure I have the goals in order because the first play was, I think, the Charlie Conway play that he drew up. Yes, I, think, it was five I think so. Two. So it's 5-2 in that moment in the game, and Conway brings everybody together and says what? Says, I got to play. 
Averman says, this isn't the NBA, Charlie. Right. And the play is basically just Dwayne flipping the puck up into the air, yeah. banking on the fact it. that everybody in Iceland's going to stop. Yeah, I think you got to bank the alley-oop play from Street Pot. Just it's a good point. In the air. It's a very good point. So that makes it 5-2-3. And then immediately after, Mendoza learns how to stop. Gets a breakaway. Perfect. Learns how to stop. Yeah. Pauses. Has enough time to stop and say, oh my god, I stopped. Bombay can yell at him in that same millisecond. Put it in, Luis. Yeah, all in the... Speaking and of... Iceland goalie is still not up. It's just remarkable. Speaking of having time, I think in this game, Russ messes up his knuckle puck at one point and has the time uh, to say, oh man, I messed up out loud. Who says that when they messed up? No, in the middle of no one says that out loud. So it's 5-4 to four when Mendoza scores. Yeah. There's a minute left. Tyler is on the bench. Bombay's like, we need your shot. He's like, I don't have time. He's like, we'll take care of that. There's a timeout. And this is the part of the movie that I had to, I, I have to drive home, is the most ridiculous moment in the entire franchise just saying something. of the Mighty Ducks. Not even close. There is a timeout. You have, at most, 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. 90 seconds. Everyone's in a circle. Play resumes. Everyone's standing around. They're not, you know, Stanton Jalen wears a suitor in his Norwegian English. Pretty comedy moment there. Bombay says now, and they move. Again, they're banking on no one in Iceland being aggressive yeah, at all. Yeah, they're just watching. And they move up the ice, and they move up the ice, and they drop it back to the D, and they drop it back to Goldberg, but it's not Goldberg. It's Tyler in Goldberg's outfit. Yep. He changed everything in 90 seconds. 90 seconds, got the full goal. Put on like pads, put on his gloves. Like Yeah, without anyone seeing. No one noticed. No one saw. No one noticed that they, that they changed. Skates up. Now, here's one thing that is even more interesting. There is a rule that you cannot cross the red line as a goalie. But if you watch the movie on the goal that Tyler scores to tie it, he doesn't cross the red line. He scored, but, but that's even just as ridiculous. Yeah, he scores on the Iceland goalie from the red line. Yeah. On the knuckle puck that has enough time. Um, if you're standing there, don't you tell one of those players, just dive in front of it, take the injury. We'll yeah, win, we'll, you got, we'll pay, you yeah. got your pads on. Yeah. And as absurd as all that is, even more so, he takes his helmet off. Isn't that? That's, that's yeah, got to be penalty a penalty, right? also. Penalty also. Yeah. Good call no there. No goal. No goal. A lot to... Changed uniforms. No, but Just again, <laughs> it's, it's all dream. It's all uh, dream. Yeah. So it goes to a shootout. And in the shootout, a lot of offense being played. A lot of scores. Yeah. There's two people on each miss. You know, Averman, I think he was one of the ones that missed. He was also solely responsible for a couple Iceland goals in both games. How is Averman getting the Just green light for the shootout? In the shootout. Just yeah. utterly insane. You've got to have a better top Fulton, Fulton's goal. Physically stops against the rules in the shootout. I just want to point out. Yeah, cannot stop. Stops, takes a slap shot off the goalie's head, complete with the sword sound effect, and just rattles <laughs> it, knocks him down, knocks him down. Yeah, just straight to the face, just knocks into him over the net, yeah. into the net. Uh, and it all comes down to Iceland having to score with Gunnar Stahl. And this is the time that Bombay says, "Julie, it's your moment. I haven't played you the whole tournament. This is your one." I haven't played moment. you the whole tournament. Cold goalie. Yeah, get in, there. in practice. Go on in there, Julie. Try it. I know this guy's move. It's a triple deke. Obviously, he's been scouting the film. He has one move. And he's like, you got that great glove. I want to see it. Julie has the line, what if he doesn't go glove? And Bombay says, oh, he's fancy. He'll go glove. Yeah, right. Good for Goldberg not, like, having an issue 
of being pulled. You know, I carried the team the whole tournament. I've been in playing this whole time. You're taking me. I don't know how much time they have to make this move. He's given like a five minute monologue to her on the bench. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just go shooter after shooter. <laughs> they do, yeah. So the Goldberg's clearly stalling, waiting for his coach. I don't know. But Goldberg comes out, Julie comes in, Stahl gets out there. He stops again, just like Fulton. Yeah. And and it totally and what's the move of the what's the point of the triple deke if, if you stop, stop <laughs> the deke is neutralized. And I would say second most ridiculous, and you could argue the only thing that's up there with most ridiculous thing in the whole franchise, other than Goldberg and Russ Tower switching pads, is what happens next. Gunner takes a shot. No one knows what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. There's like it's a just pu- silence. It's silence. No one knows. Oh, where'd the puck go? A good ten to fifteen seconds. She gets up, skates, and then dramatically drops it on the ice. And then they celebrate. Yeah. No one knows where the puck went. It's a miracle. And the ducks went. Junior Goodwill champs. It's kind of like, like the Hawks winning in 2010. Like, no one knew where the, net, where the puck went, you know, where to go. No. It was hidden in the and net. It's very similar. Yeah. So they win. They wave the flag on the ice. Bombay clearly made moves on McKay immediately after in the celebration. Yeah. And they're champs. Even Stanton and Bombay have a decent moment. Gunner says, let's go shake their hands. Another great Oh, line. I love the line, uh, you lost it for us. You lost, you lost it for it yourself. For yeah, you lost it for yourself. <laughs> oh, how many takes were there? Yeah, right. And the director's like, no. Great name, Gunnar Stahl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, phenomenal name. Uh, and that was it. And the Ducks win, and they sing We Are the Champions when they get back. A little back, bonfire, and, some s'mores. And that's the movie. Well, Nick, that's the movie. D2 that Mighty movie. Ducks. What's your takeaway from this movie? We mentioned Peak Ducks. J.J. Watt actually said this is his favorite movie ever. Really? A lot of people in our demographic love this movie. It's so ridiculous, but it just means a lot to so many people. Yeah, it like I will always have fond memories of this franchise, and this one especially. I think it's an all-time sports movie speech. Uh, I love the Ducks Fly Together speech. I love uh, the Quack Attack is Back, Jack. Averman saying that when they're like rallying all the troops, like mm-hmm. you know when they're getting the, the gang yeah. back together, basically. A lot of great moments in this movie, and but just watching it back as an adult, possibly one of the most absurd storylines uh, I can think of. And just, especially the beginning, just how quickly everything happens in the beginning is just insanity. So we gotta think though, what happens, now I know in the storyline, they go to high school next. But I don't know if it's immediately after. There's a lot of growth spurts that happen. Yeah. So I wonder what was, you know, theoretically next for everybody. There's more ridiculous when we get to talk about the third movie. But these are Goodwill Champs. They went from Pee Wee District 5, not able to physically skate, Didn't even play. to World Champions. I can't believe it. So we'll talk about a Cinderella story. Uh, it's a great movie. And Nick, thanks for doing this. This was fun. We covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, man. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do the third one. I, it's probably the one I've seen the least, so I'm definitely excited to revisit it. Um, yeah, man. We get some new characters in the third. We get some new rivals. We get the same old Bombay. Um, <laughs> Charlie's mom's back in the picture. God. Bombay wakes up, wakes up Charlie in one scene, already at his house, so you know how that goes. <laughs> but I'll leave it on there. Gordon Bombay, he just wins. The Minnesota Miracle Man does it. Not a lot of, I don't even think we even saw him drinking on camera in this okay, movie. Yeah. But you know when he was at his low point, he threw a lot of late nights in the mouth. All right, Nick Edmonds, this was fun. Until next time, this was the Mighty Ducks Podcast.
And that's it for the Mighty Ducks D2 podcast. Big thanks to Nick Edmonds. We're going to have a third installment, D3, sometime next month when the Ducks go to high school. The D2 is in the books. The Ducks are junior Goodwill Game champions representing the USA. But staying true to the Ducks, Gordon Bombay, the Minnesota Miracle Man, does it again. What a ridiculous, improbable, impossible journey that was. To Brian Nelson for supplying the logo, Tim Adams for supplying the beats. I am Mitch Michaels. You can catch this episode and all of our other episodes of the Money Mitch Effect in our archive. Over 100 episodes to boot, still going strong. Find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Like, review, subscribe, do it all. Follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. I am Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports, and we'll see you next time.